Today is Thursday, November 30th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Today, let's talk about living at peace with all men as much as is possible uh, with you. So, uh, doesn't mean, you know, contend forever and be a doormat. Uh, it means, you know, I take that as give it a very fair chance, even an unfair chance. But as much as it depends on you, live at peace with all men. Not all men want to live at peace with everyone. But, as much as it depends on you, we should. Should Christians care about the earth? Why should we care? We have a heavenly home to go to, so, you know, let it burn. That's not biblical. We're supposed to be good stewards of the earth, um, as this discussion will talk about. Disney ruins everything. We take a little bit of time to talk about movies and media and uh, different TV shows, television, politics, ideology creeping into it. Um... Which then gets into, are women bad leaders? <laughs> uh, um, I, I don't speak a whole lot on this. Or maybe I do, I don't remember. Anyways, um, what is biblical? Uh, what is statistical? What is proven? What is um, conjecture? Let's talk about that. And then we end up talking about uh, spirit and souls and flesh and dichotomy, trichotomy, a very little bit. We just touch on it. And um, anyway, that's it. Have an awesome day. Enjoy this discussion. Uh, share these links. Check out the Ask a Christian book on Amazon. Check out the Ask a Christian store. Grab a t-shirt. Support this podcast. The links are in the description. Until next time. At what point does one knuckle under in a godly, unholy way? So somewhere between, you know, all it takes for evil to succeed is good men to do nothing versus as much as depends on you, live at peace with all men. A little secular wisdom and some biblical scripture. Um, so... I don't know. Where, where is a, I mean, it's very subjective, <laughs> very, very subjective, um, environmental, like spiritual, all, all kinds of reasons why it's subjective. But, um, if someone gets to your face, Chris, at a gas station, you're like, you took my gas pump, move your car. Um, and they're very irate. And you know that if you say anything, it's just going to escalate probably to a level you don't want, especially if it looks like they have nothing to lose and you have something to lose. So do you let your pride take over? And you're like, no, I was here, bite me, and, you know, see what happens? Or do you say, you know, this guy, this is not right, I shouldn't have to move, I did not take his, his gas station spot, but it's not worth it. Sure, buddy, I'll move. Um, I don't know, what yeah, should you do? I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I mean, I've never had that particular situation, but I've had something similar, and I'm just like, oh, you know what, man, my bad. Sounds like you're having a rough day. Um, let me, you know, let me go ahead and move my car in the most calm voice and, you know, and, uh, maybe, uh, when we get done, can I buy you a cup of coffee or whatever That's good. You know, at the gas station? Now, th this also is not my scenario either. <laughs> it may sound like it cause it's a very detailed, but it's not, I promise. Um, which means it'll probably happen later today. So that same scenario happens with the same guy every time you go to get gas and he's just pokes you and pokes you and pokes you more and more and more. Like you took my spot. You took my spot. Every single time, do you move your car and maybe throw in the cup of coffee? Or at some point, you're like, look, man, I don't know why you're singling me out. This is my spot. Everyone knows it. Look around. You're just wrong. Um, so, I mean, no, I'd want to know I, why you're stalking moving. me. <laughs> like, how is he following me to the gas station every Let's time? say it's just very coincidental. And that, and stalking just you is not random. a question in your mind. Just just totally coincidental. <laughs> um, the, fact, the, the facts are... Uh, the dude is is saying things that are clearly not um, with reality. 
And but if you're dealing with somebody mentally he's, ill. No, no, he's not mentally ill. Like he's just saying lies, right? Like like how you'll see people like, you know, turn the truth on its head. Um, look at look at our any of the news channels, right? They're not I mean, they're maybe mental, but you know, they're probably not mentally ill. They just have an agenda and they're spinning things. So for whatever reason, this guy has a bone to pick with you and he he anyway, so so do you just always perpetually Yes, I'll move my car. Yes, I'll move my car. Or like, no, dude, I'm not moving my car. Sorry. I mean, you know, do I knuckle under as some kind of like submissive like wuss? No, yes. that's not that's not you know biblical manhood either. Um, you know, am I going to get myself shot over some retard wanting my spot in a you know gas station? No. Uh, would I shoot somebody over that? No. Um, let's say the worst that you foresee happening is they just like defame you and besperch you a bunch on like a bunch on like Facebook posts. So oh, you can, I mean, like you can that literally the, happens you, to me every day on Clubhouse. So it does, rolls <laughs> off my back. Yeah. So, so, well, this is a little closer to home. It's I have, like a, I have a very friends. high tolerance for people speaking ill of me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like your neighbors, your friends, people in your kid's school, like basically uh, you can try to knuckle under and appease them. They've already talked crap. Like rumor stuff's already out there, so you can knuckle under in hopes that it will sate them uh, enough that they they just take a break and find someone else to bother, or you can do what you darn well know is right and be like, okay, enough is enough. I try to be peaceful. You're not letting me be peaceful. Bite me, and then you know they're just gonna cry wolf on social media. It's like, no, bite me. I'm gonna get my voice out there, <laughs> um, and I'm gonna correct your inaccuracies. Because I'm sick of people like you know defaming me. I mean, I could do what I did with Silverstar. <clears throat> I don't know what you did with him. I basically told him that I would sue him and his children and his children's children into generational poverty if he didn't leave me alone. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> That's what I was getting at. Anyone else have thoughts on that? Apostle, uh, oh man, you, you gotta leave and come back. We don't hear you. I see you're in. Oh gosh, uh, Tasha. So you stole my you stole my gas pump, Tasha. I feel like you're making a lot of assumptions. You know when you're saying. Can you guys hear me now? Uh, yes. What, Tasha? I feel like you're making a lot of assumptions whenever you're saying, well, he just is being, you know, whatever, X, Y, Z, whatever you said. But, like, also, I don't know that this is an actual scenario or not, so I don't know, but I feel like... It is not an actual scenario. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, because, like, I live in a small town and that stuff doesn't happen, but... <laughs> if that is happening to you, you might maybe go to a different gas station. Avoid the situation altogether. Uh, no, there, there was a similar thing I'm dealing with, but the gas station was just a convenient uh, thing. <laughs> Would that be I mean, where you're like, don't try that in the small town? Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Nate, really, <laughs> you just keep turning the other And then, you know, when you run out of cheeks after four, then, um, you know. <laughs> you guys like that? Yeah. Um, you know, then, then maybe address the situation in a different way. Sounds good. What about you, Marquise? Yeah, so I was going to say, um, yeah, I'm in agreement. I'm, I, nobody's getting shot over gas pumps. Um, and I think you're being very generous and optimistic with the world that we live in now, Nate, to say 
oh, the worst that's going to happen is somebody's going to hop on social media. Nah, people are bugging out all over the world these days. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised. I've, I have legit seen people escalate things for much less than you stole my gas pump. It's ridiculous. Um, but I'm probably going to be like with Chris, um, you know, honestly, I'm probably going to do that from, from, from right from the front. I'm probably not going to say like, oh yeah, sure. I'll move. It depends. But if you said like irate where it's going to be like a physical altercation, you know what? It's not that serious. I'm going to, like Tasha said, find a different gas, you know, whatever, or maybe I'm going to come back in an hour or two, um, or come back on the way home from work. But that's probably only going to happen a couple of times. And then it's just going to be what it's going to be. Um, Cause you know, that scripture says as much as possible. So, Amen. you know, when you reach your limit of possibility, like, you know what, I'm not going to seek out violence, but, uh, like the, like the shirt says, you know, try Jesus, not me. Um, oh, that's a nice shirt. <laughs> right. Try Jesus. That's not what me. I want for Christmas. Yes. Right. So I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm definitely not going to be the type to seek out the violence, obviously. But at, at, at a certain point, probably on the first try, I'm like, nah, my guy, I'm not moving my car. There's an open pump right there or wait like 30 seconds. And I'm just, you know, filling up from half. It's not going to take long. You'll be, be all right. Unless it's an electric car. Um, Am I right? <laughs> Didn't mean to catch you off there, Marquise. No, I'm done. I'm done. That's that's basically the that's the thrust of it. All right. That's all I got. <laughs> Morning, Yvette. I have a I have a topic. Nate. Sure. What's up? Okay. How concerned not not concerned we should be concerned at all but how uh, in engaged and involved should christians be with like global warming and pollution and things of that sort when we all know god's gonna like make a new heaven and new earth at the end of days anyway what's what's I the balance that <laughs> i love that question <laughs> yeah what's the balance because I have many opinions about that topic. <laughs> so, you know, we're told from the Garden of Eden, you know, we should be good stewards. So, uh, you know, that's a common atheist argument like, oh, Christians think they're going to their sky fairy daddy planet. So, you know, you don't care about torturing the earth and like destroying it and using all of its resources. No, that's ignorant. I, I mean, you can find some people out there, go talk to them. But for the, you know, the biblical adhering Christian, no, you should be good stewards of what God is giving you. Because you don't know when this world's going to end. You can have generations and generations and generations. So leave the place better than you found it as much as possible, you know, for your children, for your ancestors, or for your, for your descendants, all that other stuff, because you want them to have a nice, happy, healthy home. And even if that wasn't the case, God still gave it to you and granted you this life and this earth. So, you know, be respectful for what God has given you. Uh, be a good steward. Um, that being said, um, sort through the lies. So if someone says, well, the planet's going to die in 12 years unless you give up your whole way of life. Well, that was about 20 years ago, and the planet's still here. So if that was true, uh, that you were going to end the world unless you you know, stop using gas, um, that's something to consider. But we know now it was absolutely a lie. So every time people hear things like that, like, you know, um, the East Coast is going to be two feet underwater. 
um, you know, in 12 years, uh, unless you like, give up your whole way of life. Well, all the people saying that then go buy million, multi-million dollar houses right at water's edge on the East Coast. Um, so they don't believe it. Are they dumb? Did they not know what they're doing? Or are they, you know, just peddling lies? So I would say that. So first of all, be a good steward. Second of all, uh, just because someone says you're not being a good steward unless you, you know, stop carbon emissions and all this other stuff, is it actually true? If it's true that you're going to end the planet unless you do what they say, consider it. But all the evidence we have so far, all the stuff we've lived of them like being doomsday sayers has been false, and that's not true. And, you know, carbon dioxide is good. Like, by the, I just saw a thing this morning. They're trying to put – is it Canada or Ireland? I, I think Canada. They're trying to put fart-containing backpacks on cows and shove a tube up their butt and make – to catch cow farts. Are you kidding? Are you um, serious? Yes, and you're going to use way more – you're going to make, make put way more toxic gases and create carbon creating those tubes and plastics and backpacks to go in the cows than a cow is going to produce in its lifetime by the time it's all said and done. And as far as carbon dioxide, that's a good thing. Like, you know, look at the, the Jurassic era or whatever. I mean, maybe not dinosaurs, but, you know, life flourishes, plants flourish, the earth gets green, and plants grow better, trees grow taller and bigger with carbon dioxide. It's their food. And that, in turn, creates more oxygen, which is better for humans. Um, so they're doing everything. They're saying it's in the name of preserving the world and stuff like that. But in practicality, it's doing things to diminish life and carbon. So those are my thoughts. Cool beans. Thank you so much. Follow-up question, unless somebody else has something else. Uh, Follow-up real fast, and we'll see what Evan had to say. He left before he okay. yesterday. Got you. So follow-up real quick. Um, do you think something like it's it's sort of like secondarily, maybe tertiarily related? But do you think something like a nuclear apocalypse, like mutually assured destruction, bunch of nukes go off all over the world, most of the population of the world dies? Do you think something like that could happen before Jesus Christ comes back? And like it doesn't like provoke his coming back or not that something could. He's already he already knows when it's coming. But the point being, like, could something like that happen within the confines of a biblical worldview before, like, the re revelation starts happening. Or also zombie apocalypse. Same question. Zombie zombie situation where, like, outbreak causes people to lose their minds and try to eat people. What do you think? Yes, totally. <laughs> Depending how much of the world, you know, would be exterminated. Um, I, I don't know the threshold for that, but... Yeah, I think it's possible. Like that, all kinds of crazy stuff can happen uh, before before the rapture. Um, you know, so I would I would want a working definition of zombies, which I think you kind of provided, which would not be. I mean, I guess it could be reanimated flesh, because I mean, you know, if they die, their souls are already determined heaven or hell. So I mean, sure, some reanimated corpse through like some kind of neurotox. I I don't know. Yeah, sure. I'm just gonna say yeah. My opinion is, is the way you described it, sure. And lots of people could die before the rapture takes place, sure. Uh, gotcha. Do you agree with that assessment? I mean, no, yeah, I think so. I think, I think, I think something like that could happen simply because, um, like, if you don't know when Jesus Christ is coming back, you know, maybe the population builds back up before he does. Who knows? Um, and then also, 
it kind of seems weird. You know, you'll get people that are like, oh, I'm not worried about World War III because Jesus will come back before that happens, before Russia bombs the United States and the United States bombs Russia. And like we're all walking around irradiated. Jesus will come back before then. So I'm not worried. It doesn't matter what's happening. I don't need to like pay attention to who I'm voting for or politics or, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. I think yeah, that's there's no reason of, to think that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's no, I, I, I mean, like the Holocaust happened. World War One happened. World War Two happened. Lots of people died. The Spanish flu, COVID, lots of stuff has happened that have been global. China virus. <laughs> oh, uh, man, I wish CEO was here to hear that. I don't know he why. is. Oh, yeah, there uh, you go. Well, let's let's so let's what say I to Edwin, Edwin real quick and then CEO, I have a bone to pick with you. But first, Edwin, what's up? Hey, Nate. Um, yeah, yeah, they like, I like this, uh, these topics. Uh, I, I, about the zombie apocalypse, um, one idea was that the, uh, they would orchestrate a zombie apocalypse. Like a lot of people, um, you'd have these zombies running around, right? And these are people that, let's say, were vaccinated or whatever. Something bad happens <laughs> and all these people running around. It's used to explain away the empty graves after the rapture. Oh, that? that's interesting, yeah. So they, all these decrepit-looking people running around. I don't know. It's just something. Uh, so like a flash mob or like legit zombies, though? Like a flash mob? Yeah, yeah. No, like uh, some kind of – like even in the movie uh, – what is that movie with Will Smith? Um, shoot, that zombie movie. I Am Legend. I Am Legend. Yeah, supposedly that the premise for that, right, they, they had a cure, supposedly a vaccine that cured cancer. Is that what it was? And it didn't go so well? Correct. So some people believe that was like a foreshadowing uh, COVID and that the people that are vaccinated are going to turn into zombies eventually. I don't know, just throwing that in there. Just the topic was brought up. So uh, I don't know. So Could it, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> CEO, I watched the first two episodes of Loki and I was bored out of my mind. And the only thing I could remember was CEO said this entire series was good. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you know what? You're right. I forgot about that. Okay. Sorry. Episode four through six. My bad. I forgot about what that feeling was like. You're right. I'm sorry, Nate. <laughs> I apologize. I so apologize. you're saying you're it does correct. get better. It, it like, yes. And the last it two does episodes get better. are extraordinary. <laughs> and the second season, the whole thing is on fire. So I apologize. So if you can just suck it up so that you have the backstory. Yeah. I forgot about that, Nate. I do apologize. And there's only six you episodes the a season. Is that what you said? Yes, there's only six episodes a season. Yes, dude. So oh not, my gosh! You know, that was a lot. I was mad at. Okay, there was someone before Netflix. Was it? Was it like uh, the premium shows like Cinemax and Showtime and HBO? They cut. Yeah, they started the series. Like, you remember when it used to be like all all network cable series and like uh, you know it was it was twenty twenty two twenty four episodes a season. That's how I grew. <clears throat> that's how I grew up watching TV. Then. Like Showtime and all these other places came up with their shows, and each season was 12 episodes. I was irritated over that. Uh, then um, Netflix came out with 10 episodes in a season. I'm like, this is trash. And then, not to be outdone, Amazon comes out with eight episodes. I thought we were done with this nonsense of eight episodes in a season, and now I've just found out that this, and like one show I was watching yesterday, uh, I'm like, what? It, after episode six, it goes back to episode one. I'm like, there's only six episodes in this. No. So this is this is ridiculous. I, I am more irritated about this. Um, 
than things I've been irritated at in a long time, which I guess I need to get my priorities right. Six episodes in a season? Give me a yeah, break. Yeah, so I can tell you. So so Disney has ended up deciding to change this as well with Bob Iger because what they're doing was they're shooting these shows like a movie and then they were chopping them up into episodes. But they now have traditional showrunners and their shows going forward are going to be done more like typical TV. So they will uh, be eight to 14 episodes. Yeah, well, so that's what evil. was occurring. Well, I mean, Mandalorian was thought like it was 10 episodes each, right? Correct. And Obi Wan or Kenobi or whatever. It was. No, Obi Obi Wan was only six. Oh, okay. Uh, morning, hey, Michael, what's up, man? Good morning, guys. Hey, to, to be fair, guys, um, I see. It seems to me like the episodes got longer though. Like back in the day, they were like maybe thirty minutes. You know what I mean? And then, you know, recently, you know, you'd have like forty-five or forty-eight minutes to like an hour episodes. Maybe that's why they cut them down to. Yeah, I guess them. that could. Maybe. Eh. No. I mean, they they are longer. Like you know, Loki was like fifty minutes. Fifty minutes. Um, yes. Except that's, oh my gosh, that's that's also another complaint. Okay, so um, let's see. What was Jack Jack Ryan was on Hulu, I think. Um, uh, yeah, that's Hulu. That's Hulu. Okay. But okay, but whenever it says episodes like fifty minutes long, and then they start showing credits at like forty four minutes, I'm like, oh yeah, guys. Yes, I'm like, why right. are you doing this? I was ready yeah, for fifty right. minutes. I've got fifty minutes worth of ice cream to eat. So, so why are you stopping it and giving like six minutes of credit uh, just for a regular show? Like that's like that's like movie territory. I just need to read the Bible more. That's that's my answer. Also, CEO, I went and uh, went with a friend to see uh, the Marvels last night. <laughs> How was I, that? I was pleasantly surprised. Hmm. So, thank you for giving the thank you for giving the little small iota of hope where you were saying they were like dialing back or they were backpedaling. But that movie is definitely like, if I were writing a paper, that movie would be a citation to prove your point, like to validate your claim because it was significantly less like woke adjacent, you know, it was actually, there were some acting issues that I'm like, Whoever wrote this, you just missed, like, a phenomenal moment to really let these characters, like, show feeling and emotion and develop, like, a, a connection with the audience over what happened. They just sort of glossed over major traumatic moments like it was nothing. But other than that, I was pleasantly surprised by the movie. Thank you for giving it a shot. And I can tell you, they, they originally shot it to be pretty woke. But in post-production, they took a lot of that stuff out. So that's what happened. Because Iger doesn't want to play the woke games anymore. It was also like only an hour and 45 minutes. So I was like, wow, this is short for a Marvel movie in theaters. Yeah, no, it, no, it normally probably would have been a two and a half hours plus. But again, they did a lot in post-production. And that choppiness you're, you're talking about, it was a little noticeable. And that's because they did so much in post-production. They didn't have, like, the greatest plan going into the movie, so they Iger forced them to cut it a certain way on the back end. That makes sense. Welcome makes back, sense. Chris. Maybe. Yeah. All right, what you got? Uh, the patriarchy is good and right and should be encouraged at all points. Hmm. 
What's up, Val? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had a very interesting Thanksgiving uh, discussion, uh, as we always do every Thanksgiving. Um, so this past this uh, past Thursday, I was sitting there and we we're talking about um, the um, divinity of Christ. And the person that was a friend of ours, a family friend that came and was speaking, he, the way he was speaking, I think he studied with Jehovah Witnesses, um, but I'm pretty sure like he, he's not, he's not, Ojo, he doesn't claim to be, but he speaks like one still. And he was saying, well, um, he was saying, well, there's no proof that, you know, Jesus is divine. And also he was a create, well, not that he was divine, but he was that he was created. And also that the Holy Spirit was a force. I'm like, yeah, that's typical JW stuff. Um, but it was a huge discussion. Like he got very upset when we were talking about it. And, you know, I don't know what your thoughts are, but, you know, I feel we felt really frustrated with it because it, it was a four hour conversation. Like we could have oh. done better. <laughs> you know, it was ridiculous. I think what Chris this thinks. This reminds me, Nate, I want a cookie because last week I converted a Unitarian into a Trinitarian. Really? Yes, on this app. Yes, in the well, I'd like to hear more about that, but wow! wow. I, I said I, I just said I think what Chris thinks, but I actually don't know what Chris thinks. I mean, I have an idea, but but what does Chris think? And then you can tell us about your proselytization. Um, wow! I mean, when you're dealing with family members, you just have to be like really gentle. And we have a Catholic family member that, and you guys know how I feel about the Catholic Church. Um, and you know, my thing was like, I'm going to invite this guy to a Christian conference. So I did, and I offered to pay for it and pay for a room for he and his wife and stuff. And we'll see how that goes. So I think being encouraging is, you know, probably the best thing. Getting into a four hour argument on a holiday is probably stressful for everybody. Yeah, that's understandable. It, for me, like the, the, what was frustrating with, with, um, with me in this conversation was that, he, he spoke like he had all the answers, right? He was very arrogant and um, like, it's like he couldn't teach him anything. Like he wasn't willing, he's like, no, I, I know the answers. He's telling you everything that there is to know about the Bible, like he knows it. Like it's, but, but oh, what, what was very frustrating in part of the conversation was if Jesus is the way or path to God, right? And Jesus came down and died, his logic was so weird. Uh, and Jesus came down and died for us, right? And he's completed his mission then we no longer need Jesus because he's, he's, he's given us the path and now we, you know, he's done away with, and we're, we, we can just, you know, worship and focus on God. I'm like, what are you, what are you saying? That was his, that was his thing. I was like, I, I don't know what you, I don't know if you know what you're talking about, but pretty much he didn't want to, like when we were saying like, he's like, do you worship Jesus? And he's like, yeah, of course we do. And he's like, but why? If he came for a purpose and the, and, and the reason for him, it was a path to, to God the father, then we don't, we no longer need him. Well, he's, well, he'll get to tell him that someday. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, Jesus came and he died once and completed that work, the atoning for sin, but he's still, he's the, the way to God. He's the mediator between God and man. So we do need Jesus. So is he, is he a professing, what, what is his belief? So his wife is a believer, and for, for me, for us, we, we don't understand how she marries someone who they were unevenly yoked. But anyways, she's a believer, 
but like he studied with J- JWs in the past, but then he, when he speaks, he, he speaks like he's a pantheist, but also he speaks like he's atheist. Like he's all over the place when he's speaking. So it's like, it's really hard okay. to what he's, you know what I mean? I, I got you. Yeah. And it could be, I understand. It could be very frustrating uh, talking to someone like that. Like for me, like if I find, like, does he believe the Bible is the inspired word of God? It doesn't seem like it. Um, he says it, but then he, he challenges okay. it at the same time. Okay. So. Yeah, it could be. I understand. It could be very taxing. I've had gotten into all kinds of long-winded arguments with people. and But for, for me, if they start rejecting uh, core doctrines of the faith, like the deity of Jesus Christ, and they're, and they're coming off as if they have all the answers, I just I tend to yeah. bow out of those discussions. But it can be hard, too, to, to do so. Well, because Go ahead, go ahead, Nate, go ahead. Well, I mean, the people that are just all over the place, like that's like, you know, the double-minded man's unstable in all of his ways. Yeah. You just like, kind of see it so clearly, but they can't. So, I mean, if you're not, and you probably won't, short of a divine intervention, you know, make any headway, but it's like, it's so apparent to everyone else, but it's not apparent to them. Like, they think they have the one way, which is like a ton of different ways, like smushed into one. Um, yeah, I don't think you could do much with that. Just yeah. tell them the truth. Share the gospel. I mean, yeah. it's ultimately their choice, just like everyone else. Well, um, I've learned. I've learned when speaking with him to ask him questions to kind of gauge where he's at. So, like one of the questions I asked him was, "Well, you know, if you're you're all over the place, do you believe at least on an objective truth?" And he was like, "No." I was like, "All right, then that answers everything to me. That's that's everything I need to know." You know, because like because he's like, one, "What's true for someone else might not be true." Like I said, "Okay, so then." If someone commits murder, do you think murder is wrong? And he was like, well, define murder. Uh, I'm like, oh, I'll God. show you. <laughs> just kidding. <Don't laughs> right. I'll show you. <laughs> that's just solipsism. Like, that's just Solip- you know, that's getting okay. down to solipsism. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. solipsism is just like, there is no reality outside of myself. You know, so. That actually, that does actually explain him. Yeah. That describes it. Which is ludicrous. I've always thought that's so absurd because <laughs> there's no way for you to verify that there is no reality outside of yourself unless you step outside of yourself and find that there's no reality. So there's <laughs> no way to verify what anything is, you say. What is reality, man? What is reality? Yeah, like, like you're going to have to go on a trip, like a legit trip. This is and then the- I sat around my college dorm room smoking weed. And I figured out that I'm the only one who exists. Isn't it awesome? The answer to life is in this ayahuasca, man. Okay, CEO, how did you proselytize someone? Who was it, a Unitarian into something else? or? Yeah, yeah. So, so she was really hung up on the Trinity term. And so I basically conceded in a sense and said, yes, the term of Trinity is not in the Bible, but the concept of it is and it also exists in nature so if you take water ice and vapor it's all h2o and it all exists independently simultaneously and she really just got that analogy made sense to her she was a science person and so she got on board so she's a trinitarian now oh so now she's a modalist yeah, I was gonna take what you can get chris no, Chris, my, my, my take is a tiny bit different than the typical modalist argument. It's a tiny bit different. I'm just I'm just messing with you a bit. Yeah, have you That's ever weird. seen those Lutheran satire videos? It's modalism, Patrick. You got to watch that. It's really funny. So it's like, you know, there, there's like these two 5th century peasants arguing with St. Patrick <laughs> about the Trinity. 
and then they're and then St. Patrick's like, you know, it's like water, ice, and and vapor, and they're like, that's modalism, Patrick. I think it's a fine analogy if you say something that that doesn't exist or isn't possible as far as we know, but you can be like, well, you know, it has to be solid gas and liquid all existing at the exact same time. Um, I think that would be a little a little easier on the modalistic ears because it's like, you know, that's father, simultaneous modalism. <laughs> <laughs> would you agree with that? Would you agree with that, Chris? Would you agree with that if, uh, you know, it would be like H2O if, if all, all states existed simultaneously at the same time, perpetually, forever? I mean, at that yeah, point, I mean, you, that just call, you could just Nero. say God. Yeah, that's what Brandon Nero thinks. So, like, he's a what? simultaneous no. modalist. What? No. But, okay, well, then that's another word for Trinity, then. Because if so Father, Son, no. and Holy Spirit, they are not well, existing at different the times. They're existing independently at each other simultaneously in perpetuity. Right, but that doesn't that doesn't account for the personhood, and that's where the issue becomes. Oh, are you so, talking? Oh, oh, okay. Are yeah. you saying like because H two O doesn't have a soul, or because you're saying H two O is not like H two O is all exactly the same, which which Father, Son, and Spirit are not exactly the same; they're independent. Or are you saying that H two O needs to have a soul right. for it to count? You just named oh, it. okay, that's all exactly the same. The problem. Okay. The problem with the. All analogies break down, and that's the that's the punchline of the Patrick video, right? Is that they're just like all analogies are terrible, Patrick. We're just gonna say, you know, and then they give they give. The Can you remember it? Can you remember the end? <laughs> Can you remember it? Do it all. <laughs> no, I don't remember the Athanasian Creed off the top of my head. We don't do it at church every week anymore. It basically says like every possible way it can be said. <laughs> right? Yeah, like the Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Father. Da, 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 da. It goes on and on. Yeah, but no, I mean, I, I think the general idea is what's the easiest way to communicate that something can be the same and different simultaneously? So the an, an example that I've used is, um, <laughs> this is, this is squirrely, but the example that I've used is imagine there are three singers, a tenor alto and a soprano. They share the same body, but they have three heads. So they have three minds. They have three... Not three minds, no, because then that's that's a bad thing. But um, the, the <laughs> idea is <laughs> that's Didn't a Silver bad Star thing. use the Cerberus I don't like a three headed monster. All. Right. I said I don't mention minds yeah, at all. Cerberus. I just say like or William they, Link, right. Right. But in in essence I say like they share the same body and the body is representative of like God's ontology, but they have three different heads and so they like sing three different notes simultaneously <laughs> tenor's not alto alto's not soprano soprano's not uh uh tenor Let's and do it. <laughs> help me it's out hilarious. Uh, uh, that's so bad but that's something that, like, I used, I, I literally, I, I connect the dots for them. I say the single body is the ontology of God. It's one body that's like God's one substance. And then I say the three heads are like the three persons of the Trinity. They can turn and talk to each other without talking to themselves. That's, well, yes, that's how I explain it. Yeshua speaks. Wow. Good morning. Hey. What's up? Good morning, good morning. Rescue us from bad analogies. <laughs> nah. What's actually, up, Yeshua? Might, what's going on? I actually might even add another bad analogy. So the one that I used is uh, <laughs> is the U.S. government. Um, the fact that we have <laughs> one, For the one Antichrist, US, right? 
Oh. <laughs> one U.S. government, three branches, um, and each can be referred to as the government, um, um, uh, you know, independently, but yet they exist with the others as the one U.S. government, if that makes sense. But without the checks and balances, because God, there's no discontinuity in God. So, yeah. Right. There's no, yeah, no need for checks and balance. Well, yeah, 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 you're right. All right, here's the final one. It's like you have a cabbage, a turnip, and a rutabaga. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And they all walk into a bar? I was going to say it. I was going to say it. They all walk into a bar. That's pretty. Yeah, sure. It's good to see you. It's been a while, boss. Yeah, yeah man. man. It's good to see you guys. Um, been trying to avoid a lot of the drama. Um, so I've stayed out of a lot of rooms for the most part, but. Uh, it's good to see you guys. It's always good to have discussions that are, um, how can I say, edifying. Oh, <laughs> uh, we were talking yesterday about how the patriarchy is good and right, and like people didn't like that. Are you doing this so people stop uh, coming at you for Calvinism to like deflect and yes, divert their I'm attention? Changing the, I'm changing the entire clubhouse <laughs> subject to ladies. <laughs> Oh boy! To ladies, <laughs> because that's gonna, yeah, because that's gonna be somehow better. <laughs> well, Chris, I'll play. When you say the patriarchy, what are you describing, and in what societal terms? Like the he's talking about the Islamic patriarchy. patriarchy. Yes, the Islamic patriarchy. I'm a, I'm a crypto Muslim now. <laughs> as, look, as <laughs> seen in a thousand splendid sons. Look, as seen in the novel, A Thousand Splendid Sons, yeah. No, but but in all seriousness, like, um, the reason I was joking about this, because I just watched this, uh, do you know who Rosario Butterfield is, CEO? Rosario Butterfield, no. Okay, you need to look this lady up. She's awesome. So, about 30 years ago, she was a... 19th century literature professor. She has a PhD in 19th century literature and as well as women's studies. And she was a lesbian um, college professor up in New York and she got saved. And that now her new book that just came out like last week that I ordered and it's not here yet is five lies of feminism that the church believes and she just goes through the whole thing because she was one of the major authors of second wave feminism there's like oh she's yeah like, she's and she actually she's says awesome. what's that no said she's awesome uh, yeah I've, I've heard of her. I've yeah. seen her videos she's awesome dude and uh, she's a pastor's wife now and has kids and like the whole thing and she has grandkids and yeah it's like so but she's like, look, my fingerprints are all over this stuff. Like, I was one of the people pushing forward the feminist agenda, and now my job is to try to end the feminist agenda. And so um, there was a video that I just saw, and I'll, I'll see if I can post a link in the chat before I, I have a 9 o'clock meeting. Um, and it Ooh. is just, it is so good. Did you watch it, Nate, or no? Oh, no, I was saying boo to your 9 o'clock meeting. No, I haven't seen that yet. It's an hour long. i got to find an hour to do that. I mean, you can just listen to it, like, while you're doing other stuff. But anyway, so, yeah, like, um, yeah, because you don't need to watch it. It's just talking heads. But um, 
but yeah, it's really, it was really good. And it was really fascinating. It was very provocative. And, um, you know, there is at one point where, um, she goes, she was on a panel at a Christian conference. I think it was G3 and, <laughs> you know, some lady, some lady gets up and says, well, what do you think of women pastors? And Rosaria Butterfield's like, I think it's completely and utterly sinful. And then everybody gasped. And she was like, she turns to the panel, which is all the rest men. And she goes, you guys think that, right? And they were all like, oh, uh, <laughs> completely silent because they just didn't want to say it. That's funny. I will have to watch that. Yeah, she, she's awesome. I just I just feel like the algorithms are really trying to suppress her uh, her videos, though. Because you would think she'd be one of the loudest loudest voices opposing the uh, that movement. I still don't feel like I got an answer, though, Chris. I was asking about what are you defining oh. as a patriarch and the societal. Oh. And a woman. Sorry, yeah, I just I was going into Rosaria Butterfield. Um, I uh, the way that I look at the patriarchy is like the ancient Israelite patriarchy. So Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, you know, the fathers are the the ones who are the leaders. Um, you know, and uh, women are submissive to those leaders. So does that mean there aren't like women CEOs, women in high government positions? How how would that play out? So so again, like there's a difference between like what's good in theory and what will practically shake out. Um, I have no delusions that our society is going to switch back to, you know, some type of biblical patriarchy. Like I just, it's just not going to be a thing. Um, but the what we were discussing yesterday was there is a there is an argument to be made for um, the correctness, the biblicalness of that type of system. Um, again, I'm not under any illusions that that can actually be achieved. But in that system, no, there would not be women working outside the home. There would not be women CEOs. There would not be women politicians. Like, none of that. Okay, so I, I think one of the things we need to look at in fairness is that there is a direct connection to the influence of women in leadership positions and the less amount of war that there's been in a world. If you do an X and a Y axis and compare them, you can see them flowing together. I disagree. Yeah, I disagree. You can't account for X variables. There's too many X X variables, like technological advances, like different culture shifts. Like there's all other kinds of things uh, that would involve uh, that calculation. Besides the absence of a penis. Yeah, I mean, I, I used to... Uh, okay, let, let, let's just apply common sense, like, though. I can already see 97 problems with that with that correlation. Okay, but let, let, let's and just a man apply one. common sense to it. <laughs> let, let's just apply basic common sense to it. Are men more likely to engage in war than women? Have you met my wife? <laughs> in violence. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let, let me try again. Are, are men more likely to engage in violence than women? Have you met statistically? I, I don't know. Statistically, <laughs> it's men. Statistically, it's men. By a lot. Would have it's to not even that, close. But, but, but hold on, but hold on. In terms violence, in terms of what and what are we comparing? So, like, when we're looking at these types of things, the patriarchy was not so. so Here's the argument, and, and I'm going to give you the Rosaria Butterfield. I have about three minutes, so I'm going to give you Rosaria Butterfield in 30 seconds, and you guys can discuss. But essentially what she's saying is that 
first, second, and third wave feminism have so infected the church, and now they are being pushed out of the academic community by the transgender movement. And so they're finding their home within the church because that's the only place they can exist. It's the last bastion that feminism is allowed. And so um, this idea that the patriarchy is somehow responsible for the ills of the world is simply untrue. All people, all men and women are equally fallen. And in fact, she even makes the argument biblically that women are more easily deceived. And so she truly believes, and she is a PhD, this is a very smart woman who has written dozens of books, who I'm, I highly respect. And she's like, I defer to my husband because I, as a empathetic woman, is are more easily deceived. And so I should not be put in those positions of leadership. That is well, her the, words. The, the, so the, the challenge, I think, sometimes with this whole argument is that it's framed as black and white, and there's a lot of nuance and a lot of moving pieces to it. So there are some things that you said yeah, that are absolutely true, Chris, but like the basic stats are 80% of men commit violent crimes. And I think we all can admit men are more likely to lean towards violence as a solution than women. Women are more likely to figure out other ways to so go about is, conflict so Chris and, Chris and Marquise both would give up their gas pumps. Chris and Marquise would both give up right. their gas pumps to avoid conflict. <laughs> and, and again, when we're talking about wars, why is violence always bad? I mean, like, violence is not always bad. That's the other, that's the other thing, is that there are just wars. Look at what's happening in Israel right now. There are just wars, that. absolutely. So again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not arguing absolutes. Just to be clear. Yeah. Okay. I well, hey, I do have so to go. What I, I know say... you was going to have a different take, but I, I do have to yeah. go. But you guys, so CEO, let's both you and me, and maybe Yeshua would be really interesting, and Apostle maybe, or, and Nate, or whoever wants to. Let's all get the book um, that she wrote, and then let's go through it and, and talk about it because I think that'd be a super interesting. All right, I'm going to order it. What is it called again? called the uh just do uh butterfield five lies and that'll, okay. that'll come did she Got also it. do the book about the uh, empathy is a lie or empathy is a sin or something like that is that her book also no, doug wilson has the sin of empathy so i would highly recommend um his he has a book on that but he also has a series of videos that are really good about the sin of empathy and before we go on i wanted to get uh joanne in here real fast to see what she has to say this morning what's up joanne and then we'll continue are you speaking, Joanna? Three, two, one. Uh, Yeshua, do you have anything to say about that? Yeah. Um, while I appreciate the uh, perspectives, I don't think that um, when we talk about biblical patriarchy, the question that we really ask is uh, <laughs> how biblical is it? I mean, I think that this is just cultures that existed at that time and these things came about as a result of the cultures of those days i don't think that it was something that was quote unquote sanctioned by god secondly i would want to throw in there that uh with the case of the necessity for patriarchy be needed um, um if sin had not come into the picture in the first place because i see all these things as a result of sin so therefore the the concept of patriarchy versus matriarchy, if you want to throw that in there, is all as a result of sin, not necessarily God's desired plan. Um, but I'll leave it at that. Uh, that's just my thought. Well, I think a pretty supporting argument, I mean, depending how far you extend patriarchy, would definitely be like, you know, men are designed to be the spiritual head of the household. Um, 
how far that extends into society. You could say it's logical or it just it's common sense or it flows that way. Um, but you could definitely say, biblically speaking, the patriarchy is head of the household. That's how God set it up. Um, well, Nate, yeah, that that's what like, I was going to say, too. Does that extend to yeah. the corporate world or government? Um, I was going to say you're going to have a hard time pulling biblical precedent or principle or foundation for an extension beyond the home. Because in Scripture, when it talks about men uh, or, or women being submitted to men in any sense, it always says for the women to submit to their own husband, not exactly. all men. Exactly. Um, and so I think I, I would definitely support because the Bible says it. I would definitely support, you know, a form of the patriarchy. Um, and I say a form because how we express that. I mean, if people say, you know, patriarchy is man at the head, wife is under then the kids. But then when they express that, there's a tyrannical way. There's there's a few different ways that that can that those relationships and roles can be expressed. Uh, and so I would say a form of the patriarchy. Um, where maybe the roles are there, but not necessarily the the consensus or the um, you know the widely practiced iterations of those roles, but definitely that in the home. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily extend that beyond that to school or to economically uh, economic stuff. As a matter of fact, socially, that's probably as far as I would extend it inside the home, because that's what the Bible says. Um, the Bible doesn't prohibit women from holding positions of uh, political authority. So I would I would have a hard time drawing that conclusion or extending, you know, any other conclusions to that application. But I'm about to head into the school, so I'm going to mute up because Nate doesn't like when, when the kids take their desks off, uh, their chairs off the <laughs> table. So I'm going to mute up, but I'm listening okay. for like the yeah. next 17 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to say that I, I think, like, if you watch young children, you can see that that even as boy, boys are naturally more ag- aggressive and girls are naturally more submissive. And men have, you know, had our run of society for thousands of years. And ultimately, it's been decided by society that we've abused a lot of power. And then you've seen initially an overreaction to it with the Me Too movement, right? And it goes too far in the other direction. And I think we're trying to figure out now to have the moderate response that isn't still as caveman-ish and isn't as extreme as Me Too. And I think that that's what we're negotiating and working out right now. Well, I think to cite statistics, like all men and all women, all men and all women are presidents and heads of states. So it's the ones who are, right? You know, so you got like Joan of Arc, uh, you know, you got Catherine, <laughs> Catherine the Great, um, you know, you've got uh, freaking Jezebel, you've got Herodus, um, you know, th- these were people that were not like, you know, battle shy. Um, and then you've got people like, you know, Hillary Clinton, peace be upon her, she's amazing, wonderful lady. Um, but, you know, she, she seems to be very much, um, <laughs> well, you know, um, how do I say that? Have I already stepped in it? You know, there's a little bit of a body count that people kind of attribute to her name. Um, so that could be like, you know, violence for a different way. Maybe not all at war, but like kind of more covert, like under the radar. So you have all different personality types and things like that. So uh, to cite like, you know, men have missed more testosterone generally and they're more violent generally. Um, well, yeah, but all the all the men in the world are not in all positions of leadership in the world. Um, so I, I would say that would be probably another flaw in citing just like, general statistics between males and females. Um, 
Does everyone point down their like like window shades right now and like hiding? <laughs> no, I mean I just I, it's, for me is like um, I see women being in uh, positions of of power. Um, I think in, in Liberia, if I'm not mistaken, there's a, a woman that is actually the president. I don't know if she still is, but there was at one time there was a woman that was the president of Liberia. Um, in, uh, Ali, in Ali Perlis Johnson. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But but Nate, real quick, yeah. just today, the world today, 92% of heads of state are men. Today. Oh no, that wasn't my that wasn't my argument. My argument was all the men in the world. You're saying like you know they they uh, you know more men have a tendency to be more violent, but that doesn't mean all men are more violent. No, no, I, so I, it, I, it, I, it, I was trying right. to specifically say I'm not making absolute statements. So I'm talking about on average. So anything I'm referencing, just assume I'm talking about on average. Right, I am, but that's what I'm saying. On average doesn't apply here because if you take the on average, men are more prone to violence. But what if in those 92 or whatever you said heads of state? Um, those are the unaverage men. Those are the blessed be the peacemakers. Um, you know, what if? I mean, clearly there's a lot who aren't. But just saying, like, you know, whenever you when you're talking about the average, well, there's above and below average. So what if these are the men who are below average of violence? But also consider they're not just war, not just war, but like other stuff too, like all the craziness going on, like you know, the um, you know, like with trapping cow farts because someone believes a fairy tale that, you know, that's bad for the environment. You need to like you know, trap cow farts and, you know, all the other stuff. Like, look at Greta Thunberg, like, good Lord. Like, how how she got as much recognition as she does. Um, she has a following. She has influence, and people believe that nonsense. Um, you know, the, how dare you? You're taking away my childhood. Um, like, women can do plenty of evils, even if it's not blatant violence. Um, so, you know, no, no one is immune from violence, idiocy, um, you know, fault. Um, I, I mean, one thing we should agree on, we are all equally fallen. Like, Hey, Victoria. Hey, serendipity. Serendipity, if someone offered you the uh, president of a country, like I think CEO, CEO would, would you take it? <laughs> if someone offered me the president of a country, what? Would you take it? Like for me to be the president? Yes, that's what I meant, yes. No, I would not. Oh. Just because or too much responsibility or? Um, yeah, not, yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily think women should be leading countries. <laughs> What's up, Vic? Hey, hey Nate. Going? Oh, sorry. Hello, not too bad. Just mostly listening. Uh, what Val? Um, hey, Nick, didn't didn't Jordan Peterson have this thing where he was saying that um there's reports where um you know where wherever women were in power there was more war or something like that? I'm paraphrasing. I uh, don't know about that. Uh, I'll, I'll have to look at look for the link and I'll share it. But I mean that I mean that could be another, I mean I, I mean I wouldn't be surprised because I mean that's another thing if you if you try to like curtail violence or whatever it's kind of like peace through strength right? Um, you know these aren't women. But, you know, look at the last president we had in America. Look at the current one. The last one, everyone was, like, so scared to death to, like, do anything because they're like, holy crap, we don't know what he's going to do. And he's like, don't test us. And what was the result? No one tested him. And this one's like, we're going to talk nice. We're going to give platitudes. We're going to appease our enemies. And uh, look what happened. 
There's wars everywhere. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if also, I mean, that was a man, but, you know, if, if women took a similar approach because, you know, what, whatever reasons, maybe just because, um, or because, you know, they're, they're more uh, likely to look for other solutions besides violence or the threat of violence, um, that they take a similar approach to our man leader um, did and war. I mean, I, I, I'm not familiar with that, but that wouldn't surprise me. I see the rationale behind it. There's been two studies on this with different results. So University of Gothenburg said female leaders were less likely to engage in milita- militarized disputes. University of California, Berkeley said there's no, di- no significant difference. University of Berkeley, California. Hum. So, so they, so they have the argument that supports your belief, Nate. Are you now pro University of California Berkeley? Get back to me on that. I'm weighing my options. <laughs> oh man. New Zealand had um, a prime minister that was a female that really shook uh, that place for a while, but like they didn't really have any war or something like that. And during the lockdown. I mean, there were, like, some people were upset, but they kind of still, like, came through not too bad. Wait, um, the one who now is, like, the spokesperson for the WEF, right? Like, the one that was, like, um, didn't go to war, but she was, like, locking down all the citizens, like, super hardcore and was, like, imposing, like, incredibly restrictive um, ordinances on her citizens because some could say caution, others could say fear. Um, Was that the leader we're talking about? (laughs) She has a job for the WEF right now, so you think, wow, how did she get that job? Yeah, I did not know that she's in, did you say WEF? Yeah, World Economic Forum. Someone, uh, maybe I'll fact check myself. I know it's, I know it's something. It's like the, the, yeah, New Zealand person that was in charge during COVID, and they they recently got a position. I'm almost sure it's WEF. If not, it's something equally as sketchy. That may need a fact check. Do you know her name? I, I don't know her. Uh, I don't remember her name, name is Jacinta. J-A-C-I-N-T-A. Is that her last name? No, that is her first name. Last name is Arden. He R-D-E-E-N. Hmm, let's see. Okay, yep. Former Prime Minister of New Zealand, yep, that's the one. World's youngest female head of government at the time of her election. All right, let's see. What is her current job? What is... Um... You guys can talk while I'm looking this up. Ah! It just went away. Come on. Oh, come on. I hit the back button. All right, someone else talk. I have to refine this. 
Yeah, it's really not much for me to add. I mean, I just say um, <clears throat> I have no problem with the women in um, being president because it, the women have been presidents and heads of state around the world for a long time now. Um, and I think that it's uh, it always boils down to capability, you know what I'm saying? Do they have uh, the, the, the skill sets to lead a nation and make decisions, especially very difficult decisions? I don't think that it's a man versus woman thing. Um, I think it just comes down to do you have the skills um, that I don't see anything biblically that would prevent women from being in positions of leadership. Um, I just think that many times we have a tendency to read the cultures into what the scriptures uh, command or what, or what the scriptures recommend or what the scriptures don't recommend rather than just taking the scriptures as to what does it say uh, within its context. So I'll, I'll leave it at that and um, it's a great conversation. I'll be listening uh, as well. So I don't know what her official position is, but I, it says, uh, so before her election, she was a member of the young, whatever it was, young global leaders. Um, but now after stepping down as prime minister in 2023, she uh, remains a member of the alumni community, um, blah, blah, blah. She's expressed interest in continuing uh, the global dialogue, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so... I could be wrong, but I'm certain I, I someone was talking about that how she was involved in that or something else. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I will say, like, I, I think on average, men are going to make better heads of state. However, I think when I when I look at someone like uh, Nikki Haley and whether or not we're talking about her being president or whatever, she is an excellent leader. She has every she she has every single strong leadership characteristic I think there is. Okay, so maybe there is a world where you can convince me she checks the box for having strong leadership qualities maybe but if i somehow were to agree to that i would just super super disagree with um the point she leads on with the thing she actually does i would disagree a lot with yeah look like if you're saying you might say you know what she's too much of a war hawk for me okay fine Right. But that doesn't that doesn't mean she doesn't have leadership. Quality. You might say, I don't think she'll make a good president of the United States. That's fine. But I think that her like her skills as a governor and what she pulled off and her skills in the United Nations. She's an excellent leader. I mean, I Trump thought so. He made her the U.N. ambassador. And then she turned around and stabbed him in the back. I mean, is that like conniving instead of like, hey, I have a problem to you to your face. I'm going to tell you to no, your no, no. face. She, it, so, is that so, more... so if you know the history there, she always actually very directly dealt with him on what her disagreements were. She was very forward with him and he was good with it. They had they had real conversations and she was very straightforward with her disagreements. She was not one of them people all cannot. You might. You might say, oh, you feel like she's conniving now because you're running for president, but that's just politics. But no, she was very direct with him. She wasn't one of those people who, like, smiled in front of his face and then did something different. No, she was very direct. Well, I'd also say conniving the same way I think DeSantis is conniving. So, you know, dudes are not immune.
Oh my gosh. I, I like this happened last time in like Google plus, like, you know, it was, everyone could find us. We were constantly getting like new, new people to talk about, you know, Jesus stuff. And then they started like shutting down the, the, uh, I don't know, shutting down the flow of new people kind of like clubhouse did. And it just became like the same group of Christians and it turned largely political. And this is the exact same thing that's happening now. Like there's no one, like we all agree close enough about the God stuff that it's like the only thing to do is talk about the politics. Like, I, I don't know. Are we doomed to this? This is like ask a Christian, the, the exiled or the dark ages or something. And I, I can like, you know, I can get sucked into it because uh, like I get sucked into it. Cause you know, I, I do have an interest in politics and stuff like that too because it has a lot to do with the world I live in. Um, but yeah, it's not uh, spiritually as important. So um, I don't know. Anyone have any God stuff to say? Y'all bad Christians. Apostle, I'll even take a squeaky chair right now if you want to talk. I'm doing a Bible study on Satan and hell couple of pit stops but um i got nothing i got nothing <laughs> at all what bible verse did everyone wake up reading today no no one read their bible oh wow wow okay the truth is coming out you know what let's see what the uh, the ask a christian discord server that spits out a bible verse every day let's see what that did at 6 30 this morning 604 Someone name this verse, or at least name the book it's in. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all of these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? I just read that. That's, uh, that's Peter. Peter. That's Peter? Which Peter? Oh, don't do that to me. 50-50. Um, right there's the third Peter. <laughs> there isn't. I'm going to say second Peter. I feel like it's Oh, you Peter. win a prize. The prize yes. is, I guess, admiration. I was Good just job. like talking to somebody about that, uh, about that passage on Instagram uh, and stuff. And it was, I was talking to somebody about it as far as, you know, um, it was like the whole quote unquote, can people lose their salvation or can people denounce the faith after coming to faith or, or those different kind of things. And so we were like unpacking that passage, like, what does it mean? Why is he warning them to continue in steadfastness lest they fall away? They can't fall away. So we were like unpacking that and, and dissecting that, but yeah. So how um, someone said the scripture earlier, I always wonder like how, how to explain um, on its face to people who just read things that, that uh, you know, make it sound like Jesus is not God. Like when you just read one verse, um, like someone said it earlier, it's like, you know, how we were talking about how there's one mediator between God and man. And it says, that's the man, Jesus. If you just read that on its face and you only have like five minutes to explain to someone, they're like, well, why do you believe Jesus is God? I mean, do you just like ignore that and show them all the other places Jesus claims to be God? Or how do you explain that actual verse in context? How, uh, you know, it says there's one mediator between God and man, and that's the man, Jesus. 
Like, how, how do you specifically explain that verse without using, like, all the other verses where Jesus makes God claims? Right. So short version, um, I define mediator. Um, you can do it through the Greek word, but you can look at the concept of a mediator. The mediator has to be capable of representing both parties. <clears throat> so, you know, sure, a man, Moses went to God to, like represent the people right and god would speak to the people on their behalf so in that sense moses was sort of a go-between um and then like after a while then aaron was like the go-between between people and moses but they you know having the ability to represent both parties but in a conversation about propitiation you have to be able to represent god in terms of his standard of holiness which means you have to be able to bear that and no man could. Um, so that's there's the God part. And then you have to be able to represent humanness in their frailty, in their finiteness. And because Jesus walked as a man, then he could do that also. So he can represent both parties in the mediation between the two. That is a good point because, yeah, it's like, yeah. Because, I mean, Jesus has to be God and man because, you know, the wages of sin is death. He had to die to be the sacrifice. That's a good point, the mediator point. Lou, what's up, Lou? You talking today? Nope. Just living under your bridge. Well, how about you, Val? CEO? If CEO doesn't have something to say, we're we're in trouble. No, I'm at work right now, unfortunately. I mean, I don't want to say quit so you can have this conversation with us, but, <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> Joanna, are you speaking yet? All right, Victoria, your second to last hope. Anything on your mind? No, really. Um, yeah, I was listening to a Discord server where um, people were, you know, arguing with Christian Sinaitis over, um, uh, I don't want to say profanities, but like, you know, the replacements people have, like, you know, um, to not actually use the profanities, but the replacements. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And like so questions... calling chi whiz. Yeah, yeah. And so like uh, people are like um, debating over like uh, is it is it wrong? Why should people stop using it? And why um, why it's offensive, more or less. So that's Where do one you topic. Come down on that? Me, um, honestly, I used to say, like, replacements for, like, OMG, uh, and I, I've been recently told not to <laughs> by certain people, and so well, I was like, oh, okay, was the well, replacement? um, I used to use gosh. Oh. Yeah, and, um, yeah, I was told apparently because it actually tends to same thing. So I was like, oh, okay, all right, um, I won't use it, um, you know, and so instead I just say no, like, oh no, oh yeah, 
or something like that. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Um, that was a point of contention between, you know, Christine Sinitas. Wow. I'm usually in the contentious debates where I just try to tell Christians that, you know, cursing is bad, like saying the actual word. Well, that, that's always my issue is like you've got these uh, Hebrew Israelites who are the most profane using group that I've ever hear this app that claim to, you know, follow the law. Have you have you ever encountered them, Nate? Like in this oh, app, oh, yeah. Oh, oh yes, my yes, gosh, that's to me is just they'll quote the scripture and then they'll have no issue cussing you out right afterwards. It's like to me, it's just oh, it's ridiculous. I, th- I think we've all had the pleasure of uh, talking to them. <laughs> yeah, they're an interesting bunch of people. Hey, Yvette, what's up? Hey, morning. Morning. Yes. Um, I have a question. Uh, I wonder what the flesh means. Um, you know, Paul will. Paul always says, don't live in the flesh, don't live in the desires of your flesh. Uh, like, Does he mean flesh like the, the physical body of our spirit and soul? Or I don't understand because um, I know like when you're a reborn, or when you become a reborn, sorry, um, you, your soul life dies. You know how, I don't know who says this, but that verse it goes the first Adam was a living soul but the last Adam became a living spirit so I'm assuming at that point like the old uh the like the first Adam has uh been put to death and then well and then we become a living life-giving spirit right but um, I don't like, but Paul says we can still live in the flesh, like, um, just as before, you know, before we were born again. Um, so I don't know. Um, I, I don't know what, like, how, like, what is the flesh? Like, what, what is the flesh? It's your carnal sin nature. So, yes, we've been given a new flesh or given a new heart of flesh. Like we're a new creature in Christ. It's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. But the Bible also says, you know, don't say any, don't say of God that He's tempting anyone. But you know, we're tempted when we're drawn away by our own desires, lusts, greed, stuff like that, which is the sins of the flesh. That's the temptation. So just because we are created in the image of Christ, like you know, we have a new nature, we can still tap into our sinful, carnal nature. Like that's what Paul's talking about. So you know, just like we're talking about now, like uh, Victoria is talking about cursing. You know. Like uh, the Bible says, you know, don't let any unclean communication come forth from your mouth. So that's like levels above cursing. But let me stub my toe and you're going to hear me tap into my carnal sin nature. I'm not going to like it. I'm going to know I shouldn't do it. I'm going to feel bad about it. Uh, but I'm probably going to do it more times than not. Um, so, you know, that's, it's like a constant war with the flesh. Um, where before there was not a war with the flesh. It was all flesh all the time. But now it's at least a war with the flesh because we have... Uh, you know, Christ's nature living in us. We have the nature of Christ, um, but we also still are encased in our fleshly skin suit uh, that has carnal desires and things like that. So now, at least we have a war where before we had no chance. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you said all of that. 
um because I was thinking along those lines, maybe it goes like that, but I wasn't quite sure because I get, uh, I got a different answer for my husband. <laughs> uh, and then he, he changed his mind. So he doesn't know, he doesn't really know the Bible. So I'm glad for this room. <laughs> well, I mean, I, did, um, I, I mean, I, yeah. I said it last night, like last night, my kids were just frustrating me to no end. And, you know, I held it together for a really long time. And you know, at a certain point, I just snapped and said some very not godly things. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, check yourself. What's going on? Like, you know, it has been a very long time since I said some of the things I said last night. You know, I didn't like yell and scream at my kids. It was like, you know, to my own self. But it was not good. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Got to got to take more breaths, count to 10, things like that. Yeah, like my, that's that's my understanding as to like why we're not always in the spirit because um we still have the flesh and the only way we will stop being at war with the spirit is when we get when we receive our glorified bodies in heaven but in the meantime we're all, we're always at war with the flesh yeah and I was about to give Saint some props, but maybe he didn't like what I said I was gonna say it's like how Saint is always talking about you know sometimes maybe a little overkill about how you know pray, read your Bible, listen to preaching, listen to godly stuff. Like, you know, on one hand, it can sound like you're just doing a lot of things, but on the other hand, you've got to be doing something with your time. So, you know, the more you read the Bible, the more you're in prayer, the more you're, you know, listening to like godly music and, you know, stuff like that and taking in godly things, the less likely you are to lash out and anger someone, um, you know, do bad things like, you know, whatever. Um, so, you know, is, I should take, is that, take that advice what? myself. Right. Is that why Jesus read Romans said, eight? Oh, okay. read Romans eight five. Romans okay, eight five. Go ahead, you bet. I'll look that up. Go ahead, you bet. I, I was gonna ask. Um, is that why Jesus said, uh, cruci, cruci, uh, pick up your cross? I mean, like, does would that mean daily? Like, would that mean to crucify your flesh daily? Like, pick up your cross daily? I don't know if they both mean the same thing. Um. Is there a verse that, that says like to die like die daily to the flesh or something? But well, what what yeah. Lewis maybe this is it. Uh let's see. Lou said Romans eight five. Um I wonder if I should back up. I'll back up a little bit. For the law of the spirit has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Uh, for God does what God's done by the law is weaken the uh for what has for God has read, Nate, read. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh uh, and for sin, he condemns sin. Okay, verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their mind on the things of the Spirit. Thank you, Lou. Yeah. So, you know, godly in, godly out. Fleshly stuff in, fleshly stuff out. Um, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Uh for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Yet, however, uh, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him, but if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. The same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and he who raised Christ Jesus 
from the dead will also give you your mortal bodies through uh, give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells in you yeah um i know that before we were born again we were constantly in the flesh as you were saying there was no other way to be in the spirit so i think maybe i don't know when after we become a reborn maybe i don't know like when we're in the flesh uh we're seated in heavenly realms like our true selves like it's like i don't know maybe i'm i'm not seeing this clearly but i i, I picture like as if say there was a there that we have a dog acting like a cat you know uh, it's, it's you know um the dog acting at, at a cat symbolizing uh, like they're living in the flesh you know when they're not living their true selves like as a dog right so that's how i don't know that's how i see it but i, I don't know if that's the correct way to see that um well yeah it's like you're a you're a person you're a living person you've been born again uh so you know you can go wallow in the pig pen if you want but you're not a pig you can still do pig things but you're a person so get out of the pig pen but if you want you can go play with the pigs, but you're not a pig. Right, right. Because I know, like our our new selves is always with 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 God. Um, because you know how He's our mediator; He connects us to our heavenly Father. Like we are in perfect union with God when when we become reborns. And and but when we're in the flesh, we somehow disconnect ourselves with him. Like, I mean, because we're rejecting right our life with him, living our life with him. Um, yeah, th that's how I also view that. Um, but I'm not sure how, what role the the soul plays in all this. Because um, I know that after. Like I don't, I don't really think anybody knows, but who knows? Because um, it's a it's a mystery. The our because we have kind of like a triune nature, right? You know, like because since we're made in the image of God as reborns, um, we have a spirit, we have a soul and a body. But what I do know is that after we become uh, born again uh our soul submits to our spirit and of course our body as well um without being super like critiquey um yeah i think i can get with most of that i mean i i happen to believe we are a triune being other people like chris will disagree um they'll say the soul and spirit are interchangeable but yeah i mean our body is our flesh clearly and i think you know our our soul or our spirit is the part that's you know it's gonna live on, and the soul like bridges the gap. It's like our our brain, our neurological functions that you know command our our bodies to move. And similarly, you know, I I believe they kind of like have that effect on the spirit. Like you know, they would command our spiritual cells to move. It's like our processing center. It's like you know where where everything comes from. Um, anyways, but that that doesn't matter for this. But so yeah, whenever we whenever we sin or whatever you're talking about, I don't think I mean you know it's not like I get how you would say you disconnect from God. But it's more just like, you know, being disobedient to God. So, you know, there, there's no disconnection. So if someone is sinning, 
you're dragging you're dragging God right along with you. <laughs> so you know you're um, you're still born again. You know you still have uh, have a new nature. But if you want to go wallow in the pig pen, you're not leaving God. Uh, you know, in a nice shiny place, you're taking God um, through the pig pen with you. Oh wow, no, that makes sense because I often thought like, well. How is it that we've been crucified with Christ as a new creature in Christ, but we we're still able to live in the flesh? Like that would mean that you know we're we're dragging, as you said in your own words, like uh, God with us. Um, so yeah, I believe that more. Um, I'm glad I can have cleared that with this conversation. Thank you. And that should, yeah, should yeah. be a pretty good deterrent for most people. Like don't don't drag God through your through your pig pen uh what victoria oh yeah i was just gonna say there is a scripture i haven't looked it up yet but when you were saying about like in the part of the soul um i think this is one of the scripture that christ actually says what it what is it to a person if they gain the whole world but lose their soul um yeah i think there to According to me, that seems like a distinction between, you know, um, the word soul and the spirit, because Christ also does say, right, you have to love your God with all your mind, body, soul, and spirit. Like, why use the distinction in that part? part? And then, and then I think it's it's the letter of John that actually talks about, uh, God jealously put his spirit in you so like there is definitely a soul that is given to like people uh it seems like um like everyone has their own soul but like when it comes to like spirit um there is there seems to be like um uh there seems to be like a, a a state where it's been given like after birth or like something like that. Um, and, and I could be wrong because I think there's several schools of thoughts on those parts. And, and like uh, you mentioned, some people hold to the whole dichotomy view. Yeah, and then they'll like get into the words of like you know is it like Rama or Rima or something like that means like so, like they'll say that spirit like breath of life but that's different but then you know they'll contend with verses that say like you know the the word of God can like you, you know can is like sharper than any sword and like it can like divide uh, spirit and soul so it's like well how can it divide spirit and soul if it can't be divided because they're the same thing um, and I mean if you want to start like a four hour debate just throw that in there. Um, <laughs> Michael, what's up? Good morning. Hey, hey. Yeah, it is interesting sometimes how people will argue. I mean, defining terms is important, but I mean, it seems to me at least that soul and spirit are are just clearly synonyms. And I mean, to argue over something like that, I just feel like uh, you know, it's like. Well, how many times have you said, you know, you're searching for something to hit yourself over the head with? It just, it just seems pointless. Besides, they don't exist anyway. Thanks, demon. <laughs> I, I uh, think, 
I think it, I mean, of course, we would not consider it soul and spirit synonymous, but in, um, I, but when, of course, when we're not re like for those who were never reborn, um, maybe it can be syn synonymous because, uh, they're spiritually dead and they have a soul. So the only way they can function is through the the uh, in life to exist on earth is through living their soul in the flesh um but um do they they use their their uh lifeless spirit like that is without connection to god um it's still there <laughs> so i mean maybe it's uh it can be synonymous but uh i know that they cannot receive um any kind of relationship with god without being becoming a reborn that's an interesting point i may bring that up next time someone talks about a dichotomous view it's interesting but there are just there are just a like a victoria there are just a boatload of assumptions baked into the all the statements you just made right um and so you know and if you're I mean, depending on how, you know, where you, where you start, like what your starting point is. Okay. But I mean, for someone who doesn't have a starting point where you do, you know, it's like, then it would, you know, fall upon the person making the assertions to demonstrate that those things are, you know, are in fact, you know, comport with reality. And of course you can't do that. Um, and the Bible doesn't even suggest that you should be able to do that, right? Because Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So you have to have faith. So it, and when you break it down to the lowest common denominator, you can sit here and talk about how, well, because God this, well, that begs the question that God exists. Uh, because we have a soul, well, that begs the question we have a soul. And all these other things. Um, and you can tell me that you believe those things. And you may have good justification for the things that you believe. Um, but to everybody else, they're just anecdotal. And well, again, so you can, you can tell me you believe them, but you can't tell me you know them because knowledge is demonstrable and you can't demonstrate it. Well, yeah, no one's saying that. Like this was a, I mean, this was a question posed to, you know, a group of theists. So, you know, it's, it, it's in the world where people already believe it. So, you know, no one's trying to say you need to prove anything. Um, it was, and I think she said, I wonder. So, um, you know, well, no, but like, that's I interesting, wonder. Nate. But the other thing, yeah, the other thing she said was, you know, that, you know, like if so, she also said, you know, that, you know, if I haven't been reborn, then I'm just, you know, you know, living, you know, living in my flesh and all these other things. And well, of course I live in my flesh because we're flesh bags. That's, that's all there is, right? There isn't anything else. Right. No, but, uh, also I, I would like to add, cause I, I, I didn't, uh, um, further go into that. Uh, even as a reborn, as before you came in, or maybe you were here, Nate, we're talking Nate and I were talking about how we're at war with the flesh, even as reborns. Um, not before we were reborns, because we're just the flesh, right? That's how we function in the flesh without functioning with the spirit. But um, as reborns, we do uh, fun have to function not only with our spirit, but with our flesh. But the difference is that we're not living in the flesh we're living in the spirit for so that our flesh can submit to what we do in the spirit as a spirit uh, it's in contrast to how 
we uh, used to function because what the way we used to function is we we would l l um, live in the flesh because we the way we gain knowledge is through our our body like whatever whatever we believe like when, what you were talking about whatever knowledge we gain is by our five senses which which can be used with our flesh but when we're in the spirit like the reborns you know i'm talking about the reborns when we're in the spirit the way we gain knowledge is by the faith of jesus christ which only comes from the spirit and that which is why you know we say we live in the spirit we live in the spirit because we however the way we live is not based on what we see but what is in the unseen meaning the um the knowledge that comes from the word of god the voice of which is the voice of of god right the voice of jesus let me read scriptures sure yeah but when you break it down to the lowest common denominator the only way you experience the world is through your senses yeah and and we do too as as spirit beings uh we have to there you can't avoid temptation like you can't avoid um seeing through the flesh you know you just don't um believe what you see with your five senses you believe what you see what you hear the voice of jesus you know the bible the scriptures through uh the heart you know the our new heart through our spirit because we have a relationship with god so god speaks to us on a daily basis um that's how i understand it like we we can't avoid you know that's why we're always constantly at war with the flesh meaning like sometimes we believe what we see with our eyes the knowledge that's how we gain because uh, that's how we're used to gaining knowledge. That's how we're used to our firm, former lives. We're used to living like it's hard to uh, stop that, those habits when we become a reborn. The, so as, when we become reborns, we gain new habits. We gain the, uh, uh, the habit of believing the knowledge that, uh, that, that is gained, you know, by reading scriptures and it comes and how, from and how do you how do you read this how do you read the scriptures we read the scriptures being led by by god like he reveals to us all like all truth you know you with the scriptures so the that this is why it's very popular uh, with christians to say that the bible stands for bible uh basic instructions before leaving earth so these instructions are something that guides us but but um you can you can know the bible front to back but it doesn't mean that you you will understand it because the only way to understand it is if you're led by the holy spirit you know you that meaning you allow the Holy Spirit to to uh, give you to come to knowledge of all truth uh, by asking him. You know, you ask, you know, the Holy Spirit, hey, help me understand this scripture. And he will ask and you shall receive. This is a promise. Well, yeah, but the, yeah, the, there's there's problems baked into that that promise from Matthew. But um, it, it's. But it's interesting because I'd ask you, you know, how you how you read the scriptures. And I mean, like 
you you use your eyes, right? You you use your senses yeah. mm-hmm. in order to in order to read. You you don't. Uh, I'm gonna try to be as charitable. No, as you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Right. We we so, still use our senses no matter what, even when we're reborn. Yeah, we just right. don't accept the knowledge that we we see with our five senses. We don't accept it. We say we we accept what well like for example. You know, the Bible says our, our, the, the problems that we face on the daily base, basis is temporary until finally, you know, when like we, we die and then we go to heaven, we experience joy with all problems will be over, no more pain, no more suffering. And uh, so what we, so that's what our faith is, that this is the the life that we live on this earth is just temporary when we when we die we get to experience the joy of living without sickness without problems nothing no, none of that um unlike of course with uh atheists and I'm not trying to offend but they have no hope because all they they think is like this is their existence what they see that's all there is to life because that's the knowledge that they gain through their five senses so so, so the mm-hmm. no go ahead so, it's fine Finish, please so the bible um a lot directs us into how we should perceive what we see with our five senses that's the only difference between living in the the flesh you know and living in the spirit meaning you know living um uh with our five senses and live or living with uh in the spirit yeah no i get it we, we just have at the root of it a a, a positively fundamental uh disagreement well, well I, and i don't see that being rectified i was actually about to <laughs> Actually, about to leave right before you got here, I was gonna make a note that since we haven't been here as long, you've been late to the party. I've kind of missed uh, seeing you around. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, and it's been yeah, I've, I've popped in the last couple of days. Um, that actually you haven't been here, and and it's just like I've just been busy. Um, but yeah, yeah it's uh, yeah, and I've had stuff. That I, I've been leaving earlier too, so yeah, hopefully we get to reconnect more often. But I would just leave us with. I mean, you said it. You know, it's a. Um, well, whatever you said, like a, just a disagreement. But mm-hmm. again, it's not a disagreement that the Bible doesn't speak to. So, you know, consider this just words that happen to be on the page or inspiration from God. But let me leave everyone with 1 Corinthians one eighteen. It's only like three verses I'll read. For the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved is the power of God, for it is written, I will destroy, destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Uh, where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has God not made foolishness of the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not uh, know God through wisdom. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. That would be you and random uh, Gentiles. It sounds like foolishness, um, you know, so maybe a Jewish person wants a sign. Maybe you also want a sign. But, you know, as per this, you are Gentiles. And does it not sound foolish to you? Well, yes, um, admittedly so. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men. 
et cetera, et cetera. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. So, I mean, you know, at least it's not like the Bible doesn't address it. Um, so if it sounds foolish, well, the Bible called it through incredible foresight throughout the ages or just, you know, dudes understand human nature. Anyways, um, I think we can Maybe all agree with that. I mean, the, uh-huh. <laughs> was yeah. I right? About, was I wrong about it? Because what I learned about is what? I, about anything I said, like you can correct me. It's okay. Cause I don't, I'm learning as I go seriously. Um, yeah, I don't, I mean, that's that quite a lot of stuff you took in, uh, you said, um, I, I don't, I, I can't think of anything right now that I would really speak. Yeah. Yeah. To. And, and the only thing that I would say is, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I, you know, I come in, you know, I come into this space for, you know, for good conversation and, and interactions and stuff like that. And sometimes I'm a little more hot and, and hot and heavy than other days. But, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, you had said, you know, not to offend. I don't want you to think you offended me. You didn't. It takes a lot more than that, what you said to offend me. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, it's all it's all good conversation. And, uh, yeah, no harm, no foul at all, at least on my side. We should have a day where Michael sits and has to listen while people try to offend him <laughs> and see how far he can go before he's like, okay, I'm offended. <laughs> Challenge yeah. accepted. Challenge accepted. Oh, that could be bad. I don't want to. Be, I don't want to be in that room. I'm too nice of a guy. I don't. I don't even want to be around. <laughs> yeah, I don't get. Yeah, I don't get offended with Michael because I've heard Michael. I've observed Michael. I uh, his personality is is has is known to me because I've spent enough time in this room. So I know that he doesn't mean anything bad by what he says. He's just expressing his views on certain things as an atheist and i respect that that's that's something to to be open-minded about and we learn from each other and it's good but i tell michael this because he has hardly heard me he doesn't know my personality so i just wanted to reassure him hey this is not coming from a bad place i'm just letting you know how i oh no i I don't think that it is i don't think that it is but what you said about offense i'm reminded of what uh christopher hitchens said once in one of his discussions he said uh he said i'll be be speaking to someone and I'll, i'll say something and someone will pipe up and say you know that's offensive and uh he said that i'll i'll say to that person well okay you're offended i'm still waiting to hear what your argument is and you know, you, you don't, you don't have the power, like none of us have the power to make someone feel inferior without their permission. And, and the same goes for offense, right? So you, you don't, you don't do offensive things. People take offense, right? And so like, there are things that, there are things that people can do and say, well, you know, those are offensive things to do. But if you don't give the, the person doing those things, the power over you in that way, then they don't have the capacity to offend you. And that's just my personal opinion on that. Yeah, something Roy used to say, like, you know, only you can allow yourself to be offended. Um, so you guys agree on that. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, guess I agree, yeah. too. And I, and I agree with virtually nothing Roy has ever said. But I agree, <laughs> but I agree with that. And, and I'm, I'm joking. There, there's several things that he said that I agree with. But, uh, yeah, that's where I uh, – if, if he ever goes back and listens to this, I'll say that's where I'm planting my flag, just in case he's curious. <laughs> And uh, random, I saw your hand, but yeah, I'm, I've got to run now. I've got to make some phone calls, so I'm um, sorry. We didn't yeah, I got to bail. Um, I got a meeting too. So, but Cheers, Michael and everyone else, good to see you all. Hopefully, we uh, see you all soon. Uh, take care, everyone. Have an awesome day.